Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, man, I'm so hyped up. I feel like I've had like 10 cups of coffee and I've only had one and I didn't finish it. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm really excited for the message today. And I'm just, I'm vibrating. I feel, I don't know. I just, it's good. It's good. So good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here today. Those online, glad you're joining us as well. Um, it's going to be a good morning. I so I might be a little bit fumbly today because I'm like, <laughs> I feel really jittery and uh, I haven't had the coffee, so the coffee's not doing it. But today we are starting a brand new series, which is called Love God and Love People. And this, I'm very passionate about this topic. And I know that this, uh, I believe that this series is going to be, I believe in praying that it's going to be life-changing. Like I pray that those light bulbs will just click on and be like, ah, I got this. And um, so I'm praying that for this month, but I'm praying that for today. And um, I'm excited to share today. I'm excited for the opportunity to be here to share this message. And I hope that you are ready. And if you're not ready, get ready um, for God to download something something good, because there's going to be a chunk that comes out, and some might be for some, and others for others, and others, you might just take it all. So I'm praying that you guys are ready to receive this, and I'm, I'm going to pray right now. God, thank you. God, uh, just download today. God, we ask that you download uh, your message. We, we ask that you download your heart. We ask that you download your love, Jesus. We ask that you speak uh, the language that everyone needs to hear. Jesus, I just ask that we have fun together. I ask that your good news is shared really well today, Jesus. I ask that you speak through me. I ask that you, if you want to keep me jittery, great. But if not, can you just calm that too, Jesus? And we just ask that your, um, your presence be so strong here in this place, but also those online. God, I just ask that you, you just overwhelm today. Download today. In your name, we pray. Amen. All right, so good news. What was a time where you heard Good news, something that made you feel good. Uh, before Brad and I were together, um, I caught wind that he liked me. That was good news. I got excited when I got that, that little tidbit down the line from some friends. I remember hearing that uh, we were going to go to Disneyland. That's good news. I started getting excited and pumped up, and we wanted to get ready, and we, we uh, saved our money, and we planned our trip to get ready to go to Disneyland. Another time is when our house sold. That was good news. We got excited for our next chapter, our next time, where uh, we were going to experience new, <clears throat> new friends and new neighbors. It was exciting. Some of you uh, maybe have even seen on YouTube, and I know Carbon has a picture of this guy, John. You have a picture of John? There he is. Some of you guys may have seen him, especially in 2020, in the beginning of COVID, where he decided to do something called the Some Good News Show. He decided, I'm not going to talk about anything negative. He's going to go around and ask for the good news. What is good news? Feel good stories. And people started submitting stories to him. And, and John, he literally, if you saw a full picture of him, he had his uh, swim shorts on, and then he had his suit on top. And he was just in his back room, and he had all these cameras, and his kid made that sign. And so the good news, he just wanted to get the good news out there. Doesn't mean he shared Jesus, but he shared good news, things that were exciting to people. I'm going to give you guys one minute. I'm going to wake you guys up a bit. One minute 
you guys got to share a good news something to someone in this room. So if you have lots of people sitting in your chairs beside you, you don't have to move. But if you're in the only one in your area, you might have to move. I'm going to give you one minute, and I want you to tell someone something exciting. It could be a birth. It could be a birthday. It could be literally you got up this morning on time. That's good news. Share something. Go one minute. I believe you can do this. Go. Go. Something good. Share something good. Online, share something good. What is something good? Good news of something. You guys have 15 seconds. Talk faster. Type faster. Well, that was a little bit awkward, wasn't it? Online it's easier because they just like, oh yeah. Well, I'm going to be sharing from Matthew 22 today in verse 34. And uh, my, uh, my title, what I want to call it today is the big idea. The big idea. And I believe that God has the big idea. The big idea that trumps our thoughts and our ideas. So we're calling it the big idea today. So we're going to be sharing from Matthew 22. I'm going to be reading from verse 34. I do like the New Living Translation for those who are on the app. If you want to choose your translation, you can get that ready. But this story, it's a, it's, it unravels a story about a man who was considered a religious expert, and he was asking Jesus a question. And he asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? What is the most important? Not the two, top three, top four. What is the most important commandment? And that to me seems like a good question. That's a good question. We should be asking questions to learn. But for this guy, he had, a, he had this question, but he also had an important background that we first need to understand why he's asking this question. So we're going to read it from Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34, New Living Translation. And it says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with this reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, people had boiled the Bible down to about 613 laws, or 613 rules. Anyone... Or, and everyone was told, you have to keep these 613 rules to be okay with God. Oh boy, 613 rules. One of the ways people tried to deal with these hundreds of rules was by dividing them to make them, this is the most important, I think, and these are maybe less important to this side, and people try to categorize it a bit. Now, obviously, this did not settle with everyone, especially the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who were very, very religious groups back then. So when the religious expert asked Jesus the question, he naturally was asking Jesus, so uh, what's the big idea? Right? What, what's the number one? What's the thought here? Because he wants to take this back and go, ha, this is what it is. And we continue to read in verse 37, Jesus replied, and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
Jesus responded by giving them the big idea of all big ideas. The most important one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Now, as the expert heard this, he's like, all right, all right, all right. And as he starts to walk away, Jesus continues talking. He says in verse 39, a second is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. In the book of Mark, in chapter 12, 31, it says it like this, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. You will notice that the man did not ask the two, what are the two greatest commandments. Jesus added the second one without being asked because he considered it the same as the first. Jesus didn't stop with love God with all you have because he knew that people have been taught just God and me spirituality. But Jesus said, love God and love people. So people do not get caught up in the just God and me, right, pattern of thinking and living. And we just came out of COVID, so we know that that can lead to weirdness. It can lead to isolation and zero community, right, when it's just you and you're cooped up on your own. It's important to be with community. Jesus wants our love, yes, but he also wants us to love people with the same focus and energy as you love yourself. Amen? Amen? I'm looking for engagement this morning. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that God created community. That is part of the design. That's what we're wired for. He designed us in his own image. And we see that in Genesis 1:27. God created human beings in his own image. Okay? In the image of God, he created them. Mic drop. That's it. He did it. Jesus was now echoing this on what happened in the time of creation. Jesus wants us, I'm gonna, and I'm going to be very repetitive today, Jesus wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves, not because that's the good Christian thing to do, but that is because we're hardwired like that. That is how God created us to be. That's how we were designed, okay? To love God, to love people, and that's what it means to follow Jesus. How about let's put it, let's put it this way. If you had the answer to life, would you tell your family? If you had the answer on how to live forever, would you tell your friends, especially your best friend? If you had the answer on how to be healed, how to experience freedom from burdens, hurts, pains, and unforgiveness, would you tell your neighbors? The answer should be yes, good. But sometimes it's hard to get there. But the answer should be yes. We need to stop making our relationship with Jesus normal. It shouldn't be normal. What it should be is that our relationship with Jesus should be life-giving. It should be exciting. It should be the answer. It should be love-giving. It shouldn't be part of, I get up in the morning, this is what I do, I put my Bible away. Don't get me wrong, reading your Bible in the morning is fantastic to have that routine. You need that. You need that. But if it turns into something normal, this is what I just do and it's just reading and you don't get nothing out of it, it shouldn't be like that. Your relationship with Jesus should not be normal. It should be exuberating excitement. It should be showing off what true life is. God loved us so much that he graded us in his own 
image. But the enemy got ushered in out of our disobedience and making a mess of God's creation. Are we God's creation? Yes. We got mixed up in some mess, right? A big problem called sin. But praise God that he is not a wimpy God. Praise God that he is a victorious God and that he can never be defeated. God has won. God has won. You should be saying amen or something in that. God has won. We see the whole big idea unfold. The big idea unfold from creation through the people, the stories of the Old Testament, and to the birth of Jesus. This is the same. Okay, so think of this. When Brad and I just came to New Brunswick, we wanted to go hiking. And we went hiking, and this we've never been to this location before. And we saw the entrance. We're like, we'll see where it takes us. Thankfully, there's smart people that put the little red ribbons on the bush and the trees or spray paint arrows. Thank you. We could follow the red ribbon and the arrows from start to finish. This is the same thing. Following the path, reading our Bibles is like the red ribbon, navigating, seeing the clues and the promises and the prophecies that all say, here's what he's going to look like. Guys, here's what he's going to do. Watch for him. He is coming. Pay attention. A Savior is coming for you and me. It's all in that, in that red ribbon. It's all in that pathway leading through the Old Testament all the way to when Jesus came isn't that amazing? From start to finish. Jesus was born, was sent. God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus, who is love. Jesus, who is the savior, who is Emmanuel, who is king of kings. Jesus, who is love for us. Lover of our souls. He was sent. And we know this verse. If you've been coming to church for as long as me or longer, John 3, 16, right? But verse 17 also. For this is how God loved the world. This is how he did it. He gave his one and only son. One and only son so that everyone who believes in him will never die, will never perish but have eternal life, who live forever, live in community with Jesus on how it was designed from the very beginning. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world. He came to save the world through him. That is good news. Amen, church? That is good news. Good news that we should be shouting from the rooftops to live out to the fullest. And I know lots of us do, and it's awesome. But I'm going to encourage, and I will always encourage it, to keep and continuing to share the good news, to honor God, to praise him, to be obedient to him, to love God, but through that, also love the people that he died for. Not to judge. That's the good news. Let's think of it like this. Think of the disciples that followed Jesus, right? Think of them. They were beaten and told not to preach the name of Jesus, but they still went out rejoicing that they were counted worthy to die for his name. Think of the martyrs throughout church history who, gave, who have gladly chosen death before saying, no, I don't believe. 
Think of Mary Magdalene, who along with other women supported Jesus with their own means. And back then, that's problem to those who do not follow Jesus. Jesus changed the tables in some things. I want you guys to think of yourself. Think of yourself, the unique calling that that God has on your life. And you may say, I don't got a calling. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's wrong right there. That's a lie. First of all, God has a unique calling for every single person here and those online and everyone else. There is something God has planned for you specifically to participate in. He has a role, and all roles may look different. Whether that role is continuing doing what you're doing, or God saying, ah, it's time to go this route, and we need to stop doing that. Whatever it may be, we encourage, be obedient to what Jesus is asking you to do, and then live life fully in obedience to him. There is a unique plan written before time that God, okay, there is a unique plan church, for you, written before time that God has been dreaming of for you. I'm going to say this again because I feel like this is for somebody. There is a unique plan written before time that God has been dreaming of for you. And it was worth his son going to the cross for it to be possible. That's awesome. Written before time for you, for me. He died for you to live. Isn't that amazing? These are things that you may already know, and maybe this is new to some, but you may already know this. Like, yeah, okay, I know this. But do you know this? Can you feel the depth of the sacrifice, the depth of his love for us? He died for you to live, and this should be number one priority for you to discover and participate in. If it's turned normal to you, if we say, yeah, Jesus died for me, and it's normal, preaching to myself, it's normal, we need to shift that gear to make it not normal. Jesus knew what he was about, and he was laser-focused on it. He was laser-focused on you. Laser-focused. He was on mission. Imagine if he got distracted off mission. He didn't. Thank God that he didn't. He stayed on mission, on focus, and he never lost sight of the purpose for which he came for. In John 3, 6, 38, it says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. In the words of Pastor Levi Lusko, but she's a great pastor in the States, and I really uh, am inspired by his teaching and his books. And he says in this, the two most important days in your life was the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. Right? We celebrate babies. It's exciting. They're cute. They smell good most of the time. It's exciting 
to have new additions in the family, you celebrate. But as that baby grows up to who we are today, the thought goes in our minds, what's the purpose? What's the point? But if we can discover what the point is, if we can realize what our purpose is, that in itself is another celebration. Because now we, can, we too can be laser focused and on point and on mission, just like Jesus was. This current generation is a generation that actually has no idea, you can read all the articles you want, has no idea who Jesus is. This is the first one. And it's because somewhere along generation to generation, it turned not important and the communication got lost or didn't happen at all. So we are seeing kids and young people come and the question is, is I know that there was a guy, I learned it, I think is historical guy and he did good things. That's what we're hearing. In my generation, it got passed down to me from my parents. My parents' generation got passed down from their parents, which would be my grandparents, and so on and so on. Is what we did. It was part of culture. And I believe it's still within culture, but the communication is dwindling. That's a red flag, church. That's a red flag. We know the answer. We know the good news. But will we share it? Will we make it not normal anymore? Make it to the point where it's a new baby? Oh, I'm going to show my pictures. I'm going to show, look what I, who I held today. Isn't that cute? That excitement should literally be the excitement to say, hey, God did this this week. We got a flat tire this week. I was grumpy. I was ticked off. I was like, God, dude. And then I'll go, no, no. When you say yes, things happen. I was like, no, I don't, I do, it's in my mind, but I'm like, no, I don't accept this. I want to say yes to Jesus, and if things come my way, I'm like, I don't, know. I'm not going to accept it because I want to stay laser focused. God will have his way if I can stay focused on what God has asked me to do. Even when crumbles and rumbles happen around me, we need to stay focused. Well, that uh, flat tire was no longer flat in a couple hours. As simple as, I think I got a flat tire too. Oh, the nozzle wasn't turned on and I got a flat tire. But I don't know if it was actually a hole in it or not until we checked. And my mind went to you, God... I'm listening, and why is this happening? I don't want a flat tire. Fix it, please. Brad went out there, put the air in. Day later, air is still in. I will take that as a God thing. I'm not going to dissect that. Sometimes we can dissect them, like, oh, there actually wasn't a hole. I didn't look for a hole. But now there's no hole, if there was one. There are things that can come to distract us. Church, when you say yes... The enemy gets grumpy. And that's a good thing. Because that means you're doing something. If you don't say yes, the enemy is going to ignore you. Because you're not a threat. Right? When you say yes to something that turns threatening, the enemy is going to be like, uh-uh. And you go, uh-huh. But God here, you handle this. So I can stay focused. So I'm going to say, church, when you say yes to something, don't get grumpy. 
or do it to God, pray about it, and go on, okay? But sometimes things happen to distract us. Small things that can just put us over. Side note, the Great Commission. So Jesus came, he walked, he taught, he led, he died, came back to life. Good news story. Jesus performed miracles. Amen? He spoke incredible messages. Amen? Amen? Good. He elevated women. And in society back then, unheard of. Amen? He defied racist ways of thinking. Amen? He was kind to children. He loved the children. Loved them. We're going to do child dedications in May. Heads up. Loved the children. But do I dare say that he didn't come to do those things? His ultimate goal, the big idea, was for him to die. For you and for me, because he is love. It was not on his job description to heal. It wasn't on his job description to love or to help the sick, heal the wounded and the ill, to hold the children. It wasn't on his job description. But why did he do it? Because he loved people. He loved people. And out of that love of loving people, he died for us. The paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. It tells, you, it tells us in Matthew 27 that people cursed him while he was on the cross. The people mocked him and yelled at him. But in verse 50, it says, then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. And you will notice four miraculous events, starting in verse 51 of Matthew 27. At the moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, the tombs opened. This part's cool. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. Church, that's crazy goodness. If we saw that now, we'd be freaking out, going, this must be real, (laughs) right? Imagine seeing that on the news, or better yet, in person, and people saw that in person. And because it happened in real life, it is written now in the book of truth that we now get to witness and participate in. Jesus rode on the third day. Jesus could not be defeated by death. Death could not hold him down. Jesus is life. Jesus wants to give us life. And since we can have life through him, that's the good news that we now have the opportunity. We are being asked by Jesus, God himself, to share that good news, church. Do we have the answers for people who are hopeless? We 100% definitely do. 100%. Those are the things that we need to be shouting from the rooftops. When you guys clean your gutters, start shouting. It is gutter cleaning season. If you got gutters, shout it, practice it, get up there. Some church, you guys don't have gutters. Some of you guys don't have gutters. Paula, shout it from the rooftop. Or get John to go up there and have him shout it and you can encourage him. Okay. 
we have gutters. Could be a lot of shouting. Jesus rode on, rose on the third day. Okay, put your visualization on your brains. I'm going overtime church and I don't care. The, imagine hearing the news that Jesus was no longer in the tomb, that he is now alive. You open the newspaper, never kind, there's no newspapers anymore. You open your phone and you saw a dead guy that was dead three days ago who's now walking around. That, that's crazy. And that's what happened. That is our God. That is our God. When he died, he wasn't sleeping. His spirit left him. What do you think happened? He defeated hell and death. He went on full-blown battle. And then when he came back, he says, have true life. I'm here. Let's do this thing. Let's tell people. Jesus appeared, here we go, to his disciples and gave them their next steps, their purpose, the big idea, the big idea. And this step is for us, church, online, this is for us. It will continue to be for us until Jesus comes again. This does not end. This is the big idea right here, Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, and this is for us too. It is recorded in the book of God. It's in the Bible. It is for us. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Get to the top of your roof and yell it, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples. Don't just leave them there. Bring them now. Encourage them. Bring these new disciples to obey all the commands to love God, to love people, the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. When I get that flat tire, God's still like, dude, I'm still here. Right? When I lose my job, God, why? I'm still here. Get focused. Get focused. Get on mission. This is the good news. With all of that, the good news of Jesus, the greatest commandment to love God and to love people, to tell everyone about Jesus so they can invite Jesus into their lives so they too can now experience what you can experience. That's the news we need to be sharing. <sighs> okay. So, these messages are my favorite. Here's the plan. Church, here's the plan. Easter, best opportunity. Yeah, hands raised up. Easter, Easter is 15 days away. Countdown's on. It is time to celebrate what Jesus did. We celebrate through all the year, 100%. Keep that pumped up. But Easter, we celebrate the day that he conquered death. Jesus, what he did on the cross, we want to tell people. It's one thing to hear about it, but it's another thing to be the hands and the feet. Romans 10, 15, it says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is what the scripture says. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. That's us. Right there. That's us. So we must take God's good news, the great message of love to others, so they too have the opportunity to respond to God's good news. Amen? Amen? How will our loved ones and neighbors hear about the good news if we don't tell them? 
maybe they'll Google it. I would prefer talking to me or someone else here than Google, right? God is calling us to love him and to love people. So let's take those steps. We don't have, church, we don't have to pray about this. I'm biting that one in the butt. We do not have to pray about this. It is already in the Bible. God says, go, don't pray about that. Just say, okay. Put that out there. Okay, number one, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Starting this Friday, I'm letting you guys know about what the plan is for Easter. Okay, and we've been on repeat about this, and it's been good. But there's a step <clears throat> to this. Number one, this Friday, it is Peter Rabbit. Believe it or not, God is in this. Okay? Peter Rabbit is this Friday. We are inviting the community and you to come and watch a movie and enjoy popcorn and pop. The reason why we're doing this is because number one step for people who do not go to church, all freak out happens when they have to go to the church. So we're not going to have church on Friday because we are the church. We're just going to open our doors and say, come watch a movie. That's how they come into our doors and they see what it's like. That's number one. There's a reason. Chill and easy. Invite your friends. Okay? Number two is a scavenger hunt. This is actually how to get the word out to those who have no idea who we are, have no idea who you are, and we're just hoping some random person will find these eggs but it's up to us to get the word out. These things are going to be hidden throughout Charlotte County, not in plain sight. It's going to be those who are going to go choose to go for a hike or maybe fill up gas one day, and all of a sudden randomly they're like, what is this? And out of that, they're going to get chocolate, yes, but they're going to get an invitation to come back. That's number two. We're praying where these eggs are going to land for the right ones to pick them up. Church, please play, play. Pray and play. Grab your friends and go participate with it. 100% encourage that. Number three, this is the big one, Easter Sunday. Do I believe in the Easter bunny? No. Do I think bunnies are cute? Yes. The Easter bunny will be around. And the reason for that is because the community is coming. But what we're doing is not celebrating the Easter Bunny. What we're doing is not celebrating plastic eggs. What we're doing is that we are inviting the community to come and have fun with us normal people. We are no better than anyone else. We are not higher up, lower down. We are people. They are people. Let's hang out together as people. We're going to have Easter eggs. 9.30, Easter egg hunt. There's going to be grand prizes to be found. Everyone is welcome back to church. There's going to be coffee, people. We're going to have coffee. We're going to have treats. That's huge. We're going to do that. We're going to create a welcoming environment. But the day of church here is going to be sharing who Jesus is, the love of Jesus, to love God and to love people. That's Easter, what Jesus did on the cross. It's time for us to share it, but not in weird ways, but it's time for us to share it. So we are, there's three ways that we are hoping and praying that God will encounter people through all those things. So before I conclude, they're going to bring out this table. 
And on this table, there is these doorknob hangers. Now, I am not for knocking on doors and preaching at someone. If you do it, that's not because of me. That's not my instruction. What I'm saying is if, if you live on a, on a neighborhood with houses, that's your neighborhood. If you don't, find one. Find a neighborhood with houses. What I'm asking is that pray as you put these on doorknobs. That's it. No knocking. Unless they're in, like, no, don't do it. No knocking. Hang these on the doorknobs and pray for your street. That's it. Simple. And this is just inviting people to Easter and what we're doing here. Now, we all know that we have friends and family. It would be awkward to hang this on the doorknob and run away. So, well, maybe not for all families. <laughs> just saying, you can be more personal. We have invitations that invites them to Easter. Details on the back. If you have coworkers, if you have friends at school, it's like a birthday invitation. You want to come to this. What we're going to do is that we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. Those online, we have digital invitations. So you can go to our easternb.ca or to our uh, website, fwcchurch.ca. There's digital invites. That's the thing for you guys. Copy, share it, however you got to do it, okay? But we're going to pray. And I believe cool transformations are going to take place, that God's going to show up. I'm really over time. It's lovely. Let's pray. God, thank you. Help us be on mission. Help us be laser focused. Help us to share your word, your good news, Jesus. God, thank you for what you did on the cross. That is why we're here. This is why we do it is because ultimately we have the best news of what you did on the cross. And we just, we need help sharing it. And so Jesus, we, we put this thing together, believing that um, you're going to put your, your, your spirit onto the people here, Jesus, but also onto these, these invitations to get into the right hands. God, I ask for the people who are going to encounter these invites and these door hangers and every conversation that we're going to have with people, Jesus, lean up to Easter, that they be anointed, that this would be anointed by you. That would be God-ordained um, encounters with people. Jesus, I ask for the people who are going to hear about you, for you to already start molding their hearts, softening their hearts. I ask for the, the crumbles to, to crumble away, for just to be a gentleness ready to absorb your love. Jesus, help us to be your hands and your feet. God, when we're freaked out and scared, help us... Help us to not focus on those emotions, but to stay laser focused on your mission, just like Jesus was laser focused on his mission. We give you these invitations. We give you these door hangers. And Jesus, we all here say, have your way. Have your way today in the weeks to come. We believe for amazing um, transformation in lives, Jesus, because ultimately we just say, Jesus, we want to be able to share your truth because we have answers. The answer is you. So help us do that well. In your name we pray that. Amen. Okay. So as we head out, church online, go to our website, 
you're going to copy, and you're going to share those digital invitations. For everyone here, before you go out the back door, can you consider, they're already in packets, you don't have to count them out, just grab a packet of each and ask God, what can I do with these? That's it. Amen. There we go. Be blessed, church.